last Wednesday, the 6th, I was excited to do this episode in honor of our new president, Joseph Biden, and Vice President Kamala Harris. But now, it's almost it feels like I need to do this episode. After a year of feeling anxious and depressed over the damn pandemic, I had to add this new emotion. I don't even know. It's more than anger. It's just, uh, like, to watch that historical moment, that embarrassing historical moment go down because of that fucking orange turd like it just pushed me over the edge to watch them replace an american flag with a trump flag to watch them just desecrate those halls i mean i'm not even that political but to watch what happened what do you got to say josh (laughs) well i so i i completely agree um i've reached a new level of rage with everything that's going on even before this and so this just took it to another level but i think the thing that's even been more just infuriating to me is how anyone who was paying attention saw this coming and how little we did to stop it and then also because they've been planning this stuff out in the open on social media. It's not, you know, and to see how many people like the last, I think the last straw that really pushed your, the right, like to do what they did was the continued fraudulent claims of, you know, the election being rigged and all of that stuff. And so for people to, for these people in Congress to still object to the election results and cling to that thing that they know is a lie that they're just putting out to satisfy their base. The irresponsibility of that after their own lives were threatened. It's just, it's wild to me. And I don't know like what our way back is from where we are, but I know it's uh, I think we are very lucky that the contingent that came on the Capitol last week was as inept as they are, because if it, if there were people that had a couple more brain cells, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, but luckily, we got the selfie crew who took pictures and video of themselves doing everything. So now the FBI is arresting hundreds and hundreds of people because they were stupid enough to videotape everything. So, yeah, seriously. So this is our <laughs> protest song because or protest list because because just. I mean, we were already going to do this before all that happened, but yep, there's a there's a long, uh, you know, rich history of music being used in uh, protests and political movements. And um, we thought like with, you know, one tomorrow being Martin Luther King Day, uh, you know, world famous um, bringer of change and political advocate. um, And then also with the inauguration, it was a good time to do all that. So to do this. So here we are. Episode eight, uh, each of our top ten political songs. Uh, wait, do you want to go over our value statements? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the other thing is that I, I felt like this was a perfect time to let everyone know where we stand. I think we've said some cheeky things here or there. And, you know, so people probably know where we are. But just just to make it. We're putting it on the table. Fully clear. So here are some things um, that we just kind of want to list out that like these are our core values uh, as a podcast, as a podcast and as people. 
Uh, so the first thing is Black Lives Matter. Yes. Uh, love is love. Trans men are men and trans women are women. Science is real. And that's kind of like a catch-all for all of the crazy <laughs> yeah. things that people don't believe. Anti-vaxxers, get the fuck out of here. Clients, climate change deniers, shut up. Uh, you know, uh, health I, I, I want to oh, hear, but I think you're so stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, in how, like, how can you delude yourself? That I know. But, you know, whatever. So, um, healthcare is a human right. No human is illegal. And last but not least, and pro- maybe most importantly, don't be a don't dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do it with you. Oh, my bad. No, it's, it's fine. So, all right. Boom, boom, boom. Political songs. Do you are we going to go, go back and forth? Yeah. I like the way we do that. So no one's talking too much. Okay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first this time. Okay. So my first uh, political song is War by Edwin Starr. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Say it again. Um, so this, <laughs> Sorry. So this song is an anti-war, uh, anti-Vietnam War song from 1970. Uh, it's probably one of the first political songs uh, that I had heard, like in my life. Um, just you know, I had like old, uh, you know, Motown's greatest hits kind of CDs when I was younger and. Um, this was, and this is the first one where, well, maybe it's not the first political song I'd heard, but the first political song that I heard and knew exactly what was going on. And that's because this song is like, so straightforward and easy to follow. I mean, it, it puts it right out there for you, which I think also makes it a good protest song. This is a song that you could be chanting in the street really easily. Um, so, and it's, I think it's a, it's a classic, it's a timeless song. But there was one thing, um, and I didn't do this for every song. I didn't go to like some history deep dive, but I found out something really interesting about this song bef- when I was looking up um, about it, and I just wanted to share that. So this song wasn't originally written for uh, Edwin Starr. It was a, written for the written for or by the Temptations, and it was on their 1970 Psychedelic Shock album. And it wasn't a single, but it was popular enough with folks that were protesting that they that like people wrote in and asked Motown to release it as a single. And not only the label was worried about it and they didn't want to like risk the image of their most popular group, the Temptations, or their most popular male group at least, because maybe, the, I don't know what the Supremes might have been. But then the Temptations also were a little bit apprehensive just because they, you know, they're worried about uh, pissing off the wrong people, I guess. So they kind of reached a compromise. They decided not to release it as a single. But then what they did is they, the compromise was, is there was another artist named Edwin Starr who heard about it and he volunteered to re-record it and make it his own single. And then it ended up being one of the like most successful protest songs ever looking at the annals of other like protest songs like this is one of the better selling songs um and you know whereas the temptations were worried it was gonna might hurt their career like really catapulted his so yeah and honestly he did a better job his is much more like punch you in the gut than the temptations version of it i don't think i've heard the temptations version i hadn't until i until i looked it up yeah do you remember when they used it in small soldiers (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh so kind of yeah. watered it down <laughs> yeah you know what's funny is my even though i know exactly what this song is about and i've heard it way longer than that movie came out i still 
I hear this song, I think of Jackie Chan singing it in Rush Hour, yeah. and then Chris Tucker telling him like, "No, that's not how you pronounce y'all." Like, and you know, all that that whole thing. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's I, I still see Jackie Chan, even though he, you know, really has nothing to do with the song as a song. Nice. So my first song is by Rise Against. It's called Blood Red, White and Blue. It's off the album Revolutions Per Minute from 2003. I remember buying this album back then. Deep diving or listening to this to prepare for this, though, I want to just point out the chorus because it makes it it relates right now to what's happening and everything. So it's like, so pride yourself in what you are and hold them to all the words they can't take back. And I'm like, oh, you know, all the Republican people in the Senate and Congress and everything. I've seen the place in my dreams where fires die, but light shines us to the sea. Like, I don't know. It's ugh. like the song. I mean, that's a good political song is when it takes on a new meaning. And it's still relevant in the future with stuff that's still happening. Oh, yeah. Just, plus, the breakdown and solo are just epic in the end of the song. <laughs> but the lyrics, they like I'm sure it was written. I mean, this was back in 2003. So what was that? Bush? Yeah, it would have been like the start of the Iraq war. Yeah. So it was written about then, but like it's so much it's relevant now. So it's wonderful. We're dealing with all the same political yeah. bullshit. You're going to hear that amplified. a lot. Yeah, you're going to hear that things from before uh, continue to be a problem now uh, this entire podcast. I will say Rise Against, I only know there's, for the most part, I only know their singles, but they do have like a pretty good track record of writing like politically conscious songs that that are like have good messages so i i I was glad to see them on your list hell yeah your turn all right um i think this is one that you were going to have on your list and you again like before you let me have you because you asked (laughs) when i was asking you you, this is the one that you asked me about um so this is this is america by childish gambino that's my number two this song was like a firestorm a couple years ago uh and the video had all sorts of uh, wild imagery in it. I mean, it's 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 a commentary on systematic racism and the culture of violence in the United States. And you see all sorts of things that are allegories to different things that are going on at the time and have gone on historically. Uh, commentary on Jim Crow and church shootings and stuff. And um, of course, I remember at the time people asking Donald to like explain the video or the lyrics, and he's like. No. Yeah. It's like you can, you know, it's there. You you know what it's about. You know what the fuck's going on. You know, kind yeah. of like he so it just tears apart this like myth of America. Like there's so much nastiness in America and this really shines a spotlight on a lot of it. I'm glad it was on your list because I had a list of like thirty songs that took me forever to narrow down to ten. And like I didn't want to get rid of the song, but it's like I bet Josh already has it on his list and that's good because that means it's in the playlist. <laughs> My next song is by Gil Scott Heron. The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. It's on the album Pieces of a Man, 1971. I just want to point out, there was an interview on Public or PBS back in the 90s where he talked about the song, but there's one part that really captures it. When we're saying that the thing that's going to change people is not something that'll be captured, or it's not going to be captured on film, is what he's trying to say. Like People will change, people will be motivated, but it's not something you're going to see on film. I mean, that may be different now, but I mean, it's a really good political song. And have you listened to it yet? Yeah, I have. 
Yeah. Doesn't it sound like Andre got a lot of his like groove from that guy? <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's definitely an inspiration. It kind of it felt like a poem being read over music yeah. to me. Like, uh, I I had a joke about this. I I when I was talking about the everyone filming themselves on their phones that that's how we know that this isn't a real this isn't a real successful revolution that's happening right now because these idiots are just plastering their faces everywhere so this is televised so it's obviously (laughs) not the revolution it's gonna be a feeling it's not gonna be something you see on tv or facebook since that's where we're in now i've always i'd always heard this like saying but didn't know what it was from until now until listening to it when you sent me your list okay yeah that's my song <laughs> uh my next one is uh pretty self-explanatory this is fdt by yg and nipsey hustle whoa that's so many letters you familiar with this song? i don't know this song <laughs> it's the fuck donald trump yeah uh, fuck donald yeah. that's that song okay i do know this song <laughs> yeah no i know you do <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean, I would like you to go deep into the song. What is it? What do you feel when you hear "fuck Donald Trump"? <laughs> exactly what it says. Yeah, it's like, oh, this encapsulates everything that I've felt since 2015 when he announced that he was running and started his. Actually, no, you know what? I'll go even farther back than that because um, he was one of the main proponents of the of birtherism. So he's, I mean, he's been saying Obama was born in Kenya. Let where's the birth certificate since? 2012 he's been rallying people up and causing trouble and being a piece of shit publicly on a national level at least that long and probably on a local level wherever he's you know in new york and all the other places uh he's been even longer than that that we don't even know about or that's just now coming to light so (laughs) my next song is it's an interesting twist so i made my list and i was going through websites of like political songs you should know and I found this one. I've heard of Pussy Riot before, but then I found Make America Great Again, and I watched the video, and the video is what changed my mind. Like, I knew them because in 2012 they were arrested in Russia, and I think they served, I don't know, a bunch of time. But the point is, they got out. 2016, they released this, and this video is graphic, and it is intense, and it's like, the course is just basically what you expect is let people in, listen to your women, stop killing black children, make America great again. But it's her being branded and just a lot of visuals that were really hard to get out of my mind. Like the video made me love this song. I mean, I, I, I had nothing against just hearing it before because I did listen to it first, but the video killed it. Well, I'm definitely going to watch that. I, I, I saw this on your list and I listened to it and my history with with Pussy Riot is seeing their name on the Riot Fest lineup and going, yeah. <laughs> Pussy Riot, that's a cool <laughs> name. And, and then that being, like, never having seen them or listened to them. And this song is is great. Uh, I'm excited to watch the video, and I'm excited to check them out some more because I like this uh, song. I remember listening to a few songs after I read an article about them getting arrested and for protesting and doing everything that they do, which is wonderful. And then... I don't know. This video was just like a whole new meaning to me. It's crazy good. So yeah, that's my song. All right. Uh, my next one is "Fuck the Police" by N.W.A. Here's a perfect example of a song <laughs> that can, is still completely relevant in 2020, even though that it was you know written in the late 80s. 
uh, you know, it's about systematic racism, police brutality, and racial profiling, and uh, those are all huge problems now, just like they have been basically forever. I mean, um, we could also yeah. mention real quick here that I'm sure everyone has heard and seen on news a million times, but the police response to January 6th versus the police response to the Black Lives Matters marches. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that, yeah. think about like the amount of times that an unarmed black person, a uh, person of color is doing something while like they're while they're arrested, they're not even doing anything and they get shot. And then you watch cops and there's some redneck like, I know my rights flailing, trying to hit the cops and they're not killing that guy because he's yeah. white. I was glad to see, and I know that there's a large proportion of like progressive folks who are not happy, obviously like voted for Biden, but not happy that like the the most moderate guy on the panel, you know, is the one that we ended up picking. But I was glad to see that he said, he even called out, he's like everyone here, you know, he said something along the lines of like, we know that this would have gone a lot differently if the, if the people that rushed the Capitol were black. Yeah. You know, so sorry um, if that fit in well with your song. Here. No, it no, it <laughs> totally did. No, don't apologize. This this we can. I I I love the political commentary in between. So when stuff fits, please do that. Yeah. So, but I mean, this this uh, this song speaks for itself. Okay, my next song, <laughs> which I don't feel like I expected to have on my list, but I put it on, is Lincoln Park hands held high. I was surprised to see Lincoln Park on your list too. I know it was Mike Shinoda's like response to everything George Bush was doing, but something about like the pipe organ and the marching drums and like his poem or his rap, and then like the chants of the rest of the band behind them going "Amen." Like it's it's a moving song, and I find it very political. Even the more older I get, like the older I get, yeah, it didn't have the same hit to me when it came out in two thousand seven on Minutes to Midnight as it did. As I was listening through it today or the past week. Well, we're we're a little bit more accepting of of things, I think, than we went than we were. Then <laughs> I'm not apologizing for, for liking cons- old Lincoln Park, anyways. I mean, no, I know yeah. this is more newer Lincoln Park, but that that album with uh, God, what was it? Lincoln Park mixed with Jay Z. That yeah. was a fire album. I wish I could find that on vinyl. I don't think hip hop heads like that album though. <laughs> No, probably not. But it's still such a good album. Those those first two Linkin Park albums though were were killer, yeah, they and were. they were ahead of their time. Your yeah. turn. We need a good transition. Right. I feel like I keep going. Eh, that's my song, or your turn. You should do like a a record scratch. That's a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. It is. <laughs> For the first time, I think on the list here, we're gonna f- we we are going to, uh, and maybe the only time actually, we are going to leave the United States. <gasps> yeah, I was like, I got to put this one on here because um, I know that all of our other songs are probably going to be about the United States. So um, my fifth song is Zombie by the Cranberries. And so this song is about the troubles, the conflict between the IRA and the British military um, that went on basically from, you know, well, in various stages, uh, not it's not always the troubles, but in you know there's conflict basically from you know the the 19 teens to uh, the ceasefire in 1998, uh, and the lead singer of the Cranberries actually wrote this song in response to 
there was some bombs like in trash bins somewhere and it killed two kids that were like taking the trash out. And that's what the IRA used to do is they would like bombs, you know, do bombs uh, places. And that's actually why um, that's like where the Irish car bomb drink comes from. Oh, is, like, really? It's a reference to that. Yeah. So actually, once I realized that a couple of years ago, because I really like that drink, which they don't really serve in Ireland. Um I, st- I just call it an, fucked up. I've been calling it an Irish slammer and I and I've like told other people like you really need to stop calling it that because like calling it that it, it'd be like walking into a bar in Manhattan and saying, hey, I'll have a Twin Towers, please. Like Ooh, you it's yeah. not you know, this is something that was going on in their country that was like killing thousands of people and was like a huge thing. Um, you can't, you know, uh, but yeah, so that's what the song is about. And um it was kind of like a it was a response to that. And then it was also like, a, you know how she says, it's not me. It's it's not my family. Like she's talking about how, like, I'm Irish, but I don't hate like the northern Irish, like the the uh, British loyalists. Like it's not all not all Irish people are like this, like kind of thing. Um, so and it actually. The this the, the the initial ceasefire happened not long after this song um came out so i'd like to think that it had an impact because it was really popular and actually um the lead singer also really wanted to make this a single and the label didn't want her to and um they offered her a one she ripped up a million dollar check to get that they gave them to like not release it and um I didn't I only read this on Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's like maybe it's not true, but um she ripped up a million dollar check and said, like, we've already been playing it on the road and it's really popular. Like we need to, you know, we need to release it. Um and it's important, you know, the context context of the song is important. And here we are. It's like they're one of their, you know, biggest timeless songs. So Yeah. Have you watched Dairy Girls? Is it on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, I actually did watch several episodes of it like a year ago. Um, I can't remember if I watched the whole first season or if I only watched like a couple, but I, yeah, no, I've actually have watched some of that. It's interesting how it's like a comedy show, but like every once in a while they sprinkle in, sprinkle in serious stuff about that's all happening. Yeah. Like well, in the Derry, background. Yeah. Well, and Derry is a city, uh, in Northern Ireland. That's like right out, like right close to the border. So like a ton of the shit that happened, like that's where it happened. So yeah. Yeah, wasn't so there an episode the... where they they couldn't get to like their fish and chips spot because the bridge was blocked by the troops or something like? Yeah, I, yeah. No, if yeah, I I love British season, Irish culture. So, like the second season was really good too. Okay, Dairy right, Girls, right. you heard it here. Uh, What's your song, uh, Danny? All right, I I'm hope you're sitting down because this is going to be a, a speech. Uh oh. The next song is the inter- Interrupters, right? Inter- yeah. <laughs> Take Back the Power, off their self-titled album in 2014. I put this song because I thought it was a very chance-along good political power song. It's You could tell it's mixed by Tim Armstrong from Rancid because it's got that whole Rancid distiller sound to the whole thing. I just thought it was a really good song. And then I was doing research for this podcast and found out that they sold it to T-Mobile. And you see it on T-Mobile commercials all the time. I left it in because I wanted to discuss that because I really thought it was a strong, like, take back the power song. I really enjoyed it. It lost all power seeing it on a T-Mobile commercial of someone dancing around and like switch to T-Mobile today. And that's I mean, I guess I just wanted to discuss that, like how one 
I mean, I'm not against bands selling out. I want them to make money, go in a commercial, but that song put into a T-Mobile commercial just seems to completely destroy it. I'm still leaving it in for people to hear, but yeah, I I, I knew that about them because um, I real like when I I heard that kerosene song like a year or two ago. I do love kerosene. I was, like, I was like, oh, I love this, and then I was like, where have I? Wait, I've, I feel like I've heard that woman's voice before, and um, and then I realized I think I had seen some of those commercials. Um, I mean, sucks. it sucks that that that's the case, but at the same time, I mean. What was the song like? What was the song written about? Well, that makes me feel like it wasn't written about anything important because I feel like it's like if they put zombie in a Kia commercial. Yeah, I don't know. So I left yeah, it in because this... I wanted to discuss that mostly. I'm looking at the lyrics right now and I'm I'm thinking like it's, uh, you know, it's very general. There's no references to anything specific, um... which sometimes could be beneficial in a political song. Because, like I said, it could go for any moments that you're like, oh, I'm angry about this. Yeah, it is, a good, be... it is a good song and it would serve a good purpose, but I could see why that would definitely deflate, uh, deflate it, too, if it's part of a T-Mobile ad campaign. Yeah. I could so... see, like, if it was an ad campaign for, like, Planned, Planned Parenthood or something, like, okay, cool. Like, that's yeah. a, like a political organization of sorts. But, like, yeah, T-Mobile. <laughs> 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 So. so that song is actually a revolution in song about changing your phone plan. I put it in yep. for that reason. The, the fight against Sprint and AT&T. T-Mobile owns Sprint now. I know, I know. <laughs> right after I said it, I was like, oh shit, wrong company. So really, they're promoting a company that's monopolizing the phone industry by buying up other phone companies. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're taking back the power. And they really are. for themselves. All right, your song. <laughs> uh, all right, my next song is War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Ooh! So I realized that I, the last one I said, um, you know, was I know. we left the United States. but <laughs> And this is technically leaving the United States, but this song was also, like, kind of an anti-Vietnam song. Um, so that feels still kind of U- United States-y because we were the big agitator, you know, in that conflict. So it's a anti-war song. It's about the politicians and the rich, you know, starting wars and then sending poor people to die for their cause. You know, it's, it reminds me of BYOB by system of down, you know, yeah. uh, why don't presidents fight in the war? Why are they always sending the poor? Obviously this is probably, this probably inspired that cause it's much older than that song. Um, and then there's also like an allegory, you know, saying war is evil, re- um, relating, you know, uh, like generals and politicians to witches too. So, yeah. Like making like a satanic thing. I guess this song actually was supposed to have a more satanic. It had a different name, um, and it was like some uh, like the way it was described is like Christmas for Satanists, like whatever holiday it was. <laughs> I can't remember how to like it was some not English word that I don't know how to pronounce that started with a W. But in the I guess the I think the label of their management like made them change the name to War Pigs, which works, but. How dare Black Sabbath have a song that sounds too devilly? Right. Black Sabbath. <laughs> I yeah, actually missed. Just... Oh, go ahead. Oh. Yeah, you know, you skipped one. I figured you'd get back to it, though. <laughs> go ahead. So I, I skipped it because in my notes, I wasn't looking at my playlist, but apparently I deleted the whole thing I wrote about this song in my oh, no. notes. It's all right. It's Andrew Jackson Jihad or AJJ now. 
Um, the song is called American Tune, and it's it's a satirical look at how white privilege really, I don't know, just how disgusting it is in America. Yeah. Did you listen to this one? Um, only one time, and I can't. I'm having trouble. Well, it's uh, like an indie punk song. Yeah. And I really, I mean, I enjoy the song. It It makes you really, like, feel disgusted just about how easy and terrible it is. But, yeah, white privilege is disgusting. Well, the first thing that you need to do as a white person is to recognize your what the like if you can, if you recognize your privilege, like that's the first step to being a good ally to any other you know marginalized group. So, um, good. Like that's the first, that's the first hill to uh, to climb, first of many. So. <laughs> All right, your turn. I got through that. We're gonna go right from a song about white privilege to a song that was the anthem <laughs> of the. The Black Lives Matter movement, uh, uh, I think unofficially, in 2015-2016, uh, Kendrick Lamar, All Right. This song is, so Kendrick said it's like a song about hope, um, like about hard times and coming through, you know, being hopeful for the future. And uh, But it, it talks about police wanting to kill black people. And I know he had like a really, um, he had like a really intense performance uh, with a lot of imagery in uh I think it was at the Grammys with like a he had like a, a a police car that was like all spray painted up and like a tattered flag and but then this they I guess that Black Lives Matter protests um, uh, a, a few years ago this kind of became an anthem where the, the the crowd would be chanting the chorus you know as they were protesting and it's it's a really catchy song it's got uh, it's a really good song just on its own merits without even being connected to anything and it's got this like. The backbeat has this note from a boys to men song that keeps playing. And I, and I, I just, the song is just so good too. Um, I'm glad that it was able to be like used in an even more powerful way that way. While we're on your last hip hop song of your list, <laughs> I want to make one quick comment. Yeah. While just listening to music this week, I listened to the first four tracks of RTJ or whatever, run the jewels, their newest yeah. album. And yeah. I like them. I haven't listened to the whole album yet, but I was like, all right, I don't know what I was fighting it, but all right, get back on topic here, Danny. No, that's that 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 fits. So what's uh, what's your next song, Danny? My next song is Death Cab for Cutie Million Dollar Loan. It was off the 30 Days 30 Songs project when Trump got elected in 2016. Mm. And it's just making fun of like the notion that he's a self-made man even though he's borrowed all this money from, you know, his father's fortune. And it's just like a subtle indie pop song that's bashing Trump and his lies about wealth and stuff. I enjoyed it. I wanted to, like, tone down the album a little, or my mix a little towards the end of it. (laughs) Well, kind of, but then I get heavy again. We'll get to that. (laughs) You couldn't really tone it down any farther than Death Cab, though. So, I mean, it's pretty pretty low key. I could have thrown a Bright Eyes song on there. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number eight song, uh, I don't think even needs to really be explained. I would say that this song is one of two of the songs on my list here, then this one and the next one. Probably like the most powerful, most well known political protest songs, um, at least of, of like our lifetime, like the millennial lifetime. Um, and that is Green Day's American Idiot. 
I want to say I'm excited that you put this on. And I want to say I'm excited because I go through a phase where I really like an album and then it gets played out by everyone in the world and I hate it. Mm-hmm. That happened to like My Chemical Romance's Black Parade. I hated that totally. album for the longest time. Yeah. And I recently picked it up and I loved it again. I was not going to put a Green Day song on. And I recently was like, all right, I'm going to listen to that album because it is a very politically charged album. Yeah. And I like it. And I'm like, oh, good. We're back. You know, we're (laughs) back to liking that album. It took a hiatus for me. Well, this I mean, this song has been like literally played to death more than any. I mean, there's this is in like the upper echelon of like radio overplay of songs you know this is on like bruno mars uh uptown funk level of overplay maybe even worse but this was like at the it wasn't on rock against bush but this was like at the forefront of that whole movement of like yeah you know punk rock and punk derivative stuff like uh moving against that that you know uh being in protest of that administration and um i think you know all of the things that the song talks about are still prevalent and this song the song is timeless um and it's a good song so you know it it fits by and the way it's a little less meme than some of the like i always think september end sucks still that one yeah. did not get better well what's the song the, the i walk this lonely road like what's what song is that one what's that one called i don't remember the name of the song my shadow fall i don't know well anyway let me crack cra- another beer I, it always cracks me up because he uh you know, there's a video for that song. Is it Boulevard of Broken Dreams? Yes, that's it. Yeah, it, he's. I walk alone. He's. It's the whole band walking down the street. <laughs> the video, like, come on. He's awake through the whole "Wake Me Up When September Ends" song in the video. Speaking of Rock Against Bush, I was annoyed because one song I wanted to put on this list is a song by the Get Up Kids, "Lion and the Lamb," that's on the Rock Against Bush, but it is not on Spotify piss me off and also i'm surprised neither of us put the alkaline trio warbrain song on there okay so i almost did (laughs) and i i almost did but then i was like oh shit i have war pigs and i have (laughs) war i can't put warbrain on there too like there's just it's just too much what's funny is i actually didn't put it on because i thought you were gonna have it on your list i would have put it on well so the get up kids song i think is your honorable mention and mine is warbrain then Okay. Yeah, because that definitely that Warbrain's probably my favorite song off the Rock Against Bush. So that was a great album. Yeah, I was really glad that they were playing it when uh, when they got like they started the tour that we went to. Yeah, that like trio was playing that on the tour because it's not like a, you know, it's a little bit more obscure. So that was cool. Anyway, what's your next song, Danny? So this next song was introduced to me by my wife. <clears throat> my we wife. Were, my wife. We were I was telling her we were going to do this and she sent me like two political songs that she knew or she knows a lot. But the two that she sent me, this is the one I liked. It's Barry McGuire, Eve of Destruction. Mm -hmm. It was a really good song. I read that he was his mainstream pop success was pretty much limited to this song. It was a Christian music artist. I don't know. But this song is really good about the civil rights movement. This Vietnam War. Can I tell you that I saw a couple, there's a couple songs on this list that I thought that's Anne's influence right this there. This one. This was Because she's like, in her music taste, she's totally an old soul. She's like 10 years ahead of her. She was like born like 10 years after her, you know, her time. 
um, yeah. which is cool. Like I, I, um, I'm that, that's not a, that's not a burn. That's a, that's, she just, you know, she likes, uh, older stuff and that's, that's cool. And I, I saw these and I was like, Oh, he's Almost. either listening. He's either, he either got these from Ann or Ann is, is he, and he's picking up some of Ann's, uh, musical tastes. If we ever make a list and it's something from the seventies back that seems obscure, not something that's popular and yeah. showed me it's like she is my guru of classic music like this this era i also don't i i also i don't say that to to insinuate that like anything negative about your music taste either i'm just saying that i know that you're you're at least in the the, the pre and timeline of your life like you weren't like hey let's listen to this this protest this song from 1968 or whatever like that's just you know <laughs> 1965 buddy yeah <laughs> but it it it's a really good song and i thought it fit very well in this yeah Yotan. so my next song is so this is the other song that i think is like a quintessential uh protest uh political song of of the you know the millennial timeline here and that's killing in the name by rage against the machine so you know this is a really simplistic like uh lyrically simplistic uh, like chanty song that would be perfect for this kind of thing. It's got like super, super high energy. It's got that awesome, funky, groovy bass line that all good Rage Against the Machines songs have. It was inspired by the Rodney. It, so this song is actually older than I realized. It's from 1992. It's uh, was inspired by the Rodney King case and um, the the riots afterwards. And, you know, it talks about the uh, connection between, like, the Ku Klux Klan and the LAPD. You know, some of those who work forces are the same that burn crosses. Um, you know, and then also, like, the mil- military-industrial complex and justifying killing in the benef- for the benefit of those people. You know, uh, it talks about chosen white people. And, and then just the general, like, you know, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. The, the, uh, the anarchy, the... Uh, what do, what do I what's the what is the word that's escaping my brain right now? The, the re- rebellious, rebellious nature. Ad, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Why can't I? Yeah. So um, yeah, and it's just a it's a timeless song. All of the stuff that was relevant in 1992 is still hugely relevant today in the news. One thing I will say that I that bums me out about Rage Against the Machine is that you know they got back together, they were going to tour, and then it got ruined by COVID. They didn't put out one song this year or like last year. Like they don't, don't owe they, you anything. <laughs> no, I, no, I know. But don't you think like in the like, so they're, they're obviously like their songwriting yeah. like thrives on like just political bullshit. And we're like at the, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like I'm upset that they didn't put out any, Oh, I am upset about that. I'm not saying they owe me any music. I'm just surprised with all of the, straight fuckery that's happened during the trump administration everything has aligned for them to put out amazing music is what you're saying that's yeah that's all i mean and i think i mean i think that's literally part of the reason that they got to get got back together to tour and because they can probably print money with that tour but it was funny to see uh the rage against the machine uh you know communist communist revolutionary band uh you know their their concert tickets for their arena shows being like over a hundred dollars in the cheap for the cheap seats. I know. Raging that one of the machines they're not raging against is definitely Ticketmaster. That's for sure. So, um, but yeah, they. Uh, I just you know yeah, I, I thought we'd at least get some sort of like the Rage Against the Machines version of Fuck Donald Trump 
uh, yeah. at some point during 2020. But th- that's okay that they didn't. But I just, uh, like you, you said it perfectly. This everything aligned f- the perfect time for them to do something. <laughs> Well, maybe still could happen. Who knows? I mean, it's a little late. At that we are point. in the post-credit scene of 2020 right now. So, what if it happens Tuesday, just the last day? <laughs> they really waited till the last minute. Yeah. So my next song is my answer to your song. Okay. So I had that Rage Against the Machine song on my playlist, but I was like, this is too chanty. But oh wait, I want a chanty song on. So I went with Pennywise Fuck Authority, which is very chanty as well. I mean, the group vocals of like, you know, fuck authority, silent majority, raised by the system. Now it's time to raise against them. Like, it's it it has a lot of the rage feels to it. I couldn't have them both, okay? I couldn't have both rage and Pennywise on it. It's okay. I think that's probably another one that you... Like, I think people were going to realize that you're definitely... You're um, we're both very passionate about music, but I think that you you wind yourself into darker corners and uh, more obscure stuff than I do. Like for for you to say, okay, I have this song that everybody knows or I have this song that not everybody knows. Josh probably going to put the one everyone knows on his list. (laughs) I can do this Pennywise song. And obviously you chose correctly. I have a question that's important for your last song. Okay. Who got you into this artist? I'm not into this artist. I'm just, there's a reason. There's Who got a you into this song? Nobody. I'm I don't just know. checking. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not well, really. I, I, I asked because the song that I chose, my dad introduced me to. And this song that you're about to say seems like a very dad song. So I didn't oh, know. No, not really. So, yeah. So my last song I, I put on here. Um, f- well, there's a specific reason I put it on here and I'll get to that. But so. Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Um, And so this song is about the Vietnam vets coming back and kind of being treated like crap and, you know, just uh, the indifference, hostility that they were met with and, um, you know, the the economy not being good and just like general like things that were going on around that time, like kind of like the hopelessness of, of, of things in America for those kind of folks being... Uh, you know, alienated in different parts of society and and from, uh, you know, in different areas and such. So, but the reason um, I put it on here is because this is one of those songs that conservatives don't realize isn't like, yay, yay, USA, but they think it is because of the chorus and the name of the song. This song is actually like, oh, USA didn't really take care of their vets. And uh, there's a lot of things that sucked in the 70s. I mean, and to the point where you had like you Bruce Springsteen's had to like tell people, hey, stop playing that song at your rallies. No, that's, you know, and he's he's a very, he's a super liberal and like has been an outspoken critic of of Trump and other, uh, you know, Republicans. And uh, and I th- there is even so this came out when Reagan was in office and Reagan was even like hell yeah, about this song and kind of like trying to use it and trying to... There was a thing about how he did a speech in New Jersey and even like gave praise to Bruce Springsteen because, you know, that's where he's from or whatever and not realizing that like this song, like his songs are not complimentary to the United States. So in the, in the way that they're thinking they are at least. And so I just... the The reason that I put it on here is because I think that that 
that misunderstanding that like juxtaposition with the song is what what makes it stand out. It's very similar to um, Paul Ryan using uh, Rage Against Machine songs at his rallies and Tom Morello having to be like, have you listened to yeah. our songs? Like you're the antithesis of what like what our songs are about. So but yeah, that's that's why I put it on here. It's not uh, really there's no dad connection. Oh, no. So I check because it seemed like a dad song. <laughs> no, there's no Rush songs on here. So. Uh, did Rush do a political song? I'm sure they, they might, did. They're right? Canadian, though, so who knows? Oh. So my next song is by Sam Cooke, and the song is A Change Is Gonna Come. I remember, like, my teenagers, me and my dad sitting on the porch, and I was like, oh, my God, I like Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye's fun. He's like, let me show you some soul. And I remember this was one of the artists he showed me. And I haven't, I sadly haven't listened to it enough, but I remember him talking to me about this song and having to come back to it for this. And it's just like, you can hear the utter destruction of this man's voice in the song, but still it's so hopeful. It's just a moving song. And I felt like it was a great way to end this. Like, I agree. Cause it is is hopeful. Ooh, yeah. That's a, that's a good pick. So God rest my, his soul, my dad for showing me this amazing, for a lot of things, but this song really amazing yeah so that is our political playlist <laughs> and luckily when you hear this on monday we only have what two more days or one more day of the asshole currently in power yep fuck donald trump yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i i don't even uh, just yeah <laughs> so all right, Danny, uh, to close out, let's do our weekly rewind and our what the fuck songs for this week. So I actually don't have anything for the weekly rewind, but I think you might have warned me that you do. You have oh, many I have things. A bunch of things. One, I mean, they're good. They weren't good enough to go on this list, of course. And they're all new. But Descendants came out with a new song called That's the Breaks. It's very short, but it's just about getting the fuck out of the office, Dr. Donald Trump. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, no effects put out one called N- linoleum to make fun of the fact that their song linoleum is known so well and he hates that song like there's no chorus there's no bridge he doesn't <laughs> understand how that's the most popular song that they've ever made it's weird that it says a featuring avenge sevenfold because i listened to it and i couldn't hear avenge sevenfold like I, maybe in the music video or something because hmm. i didn't hear an avenge sevenfold um <laughs> this one's funny Back in early 2000s, I had a thing for this song by Ellie and AJ, potential breakup song. It's an old one-hit wonder, but they came up with a new song called Listen. I enjoyed it. I won't talk about this next one because you're going to talk about it. Um, the AFI two songs that dropped are both great. The second I heard one, one of them. I, I liked the one, the one that I heard. So Twisted no. Tongues is really good. That's the one I heard. And then Escape from LA I didn't love at first, but after listening to it more, it just sounds more like a black audio song a little bit, but I, I love it more and more. Frank Eero and the future violence came out with a song called violence off their EP that came out. That's really good. Haley Williams dropped a cover of teardrop and it's really good. There's another cover I like, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> the spill canvas came out with a song called firestorm. I haven't listened to spill canvas since like early two thousands. That's it. Those are the songs I suggest. I enjoyed those this week. I had a song. I had a song that I was going <laughs> to prep for this. And then 
I but I wanted to and it actually is sounds like a political song, but I wanted to go back and look at the lyrics and I never did and I wasn't a hundred percent sure because so it's Renegades by Five Iron Frenzy and I was <gasps> like what? Go ahead. Uh, you finish um, up. So it sounded good, and from what I could like on first and second list, and I like the lyrics sounded like they were in the right place, but because they're a Christian band, I didn't want to risk that maybe they weren't in the right place, um, and I wanted to look them up before I uh, recommended it to the listeners. Um, but the song, the song was good, um, which was surprised me because I haven't liked a lot of the stuff they've come out in the last little bit. It's like ska, but not. It's kind of weird, but. Um, I like this one, so I'm gonna uh, we'll just we'll take it as a recommendation with an asterisk that I actually haven't looked at the lyrics yet, and if it is problematic somehow, just know that I said that. And <laughs> I, it's funny you bring that up because last night I heard one of the new Five Iron Frenzy songs, and I was like, oh my god, I haven't liked this band since our newest album ever came out in 1998, and. It wasn't bad, but I didn't listen to it. I only listened to it once, and I don't put something I recommend on if I've only listened to it once, because I don't know. But that's funny. We both found that Five Iron Frenzy song. Where have they been? Um, so they broke up several years ago, and then they got back together. Oh, God, I sometime in the last decade, and they did like a Kickstarter album, and then I don't think they really put anything out for a while after that, and then. Um, it kind of looks like they put out an album every 10 years. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. hmm. I'm looking at the lyrics. It seems like maybe it's okay. Um, Good, because I, I thought ooh. it kicked. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, I mean, we have like, uh, yes, your capital, it swarms with cannibals. When some other kids, when other kids, people's kids are shot, they chalk it up as an afterthought. They load their guns and reminisce and tell us it's just business. They hope we'll overlook the halls at Sandy Hook. Yeah, it's totally a liberal song. Okay, we're good. Ooh, nice. Yeah, well, they, I, I mean, and they they were, um, I always felt like there's, like, they had a Columbine song, like, talking about a terrible Columbine. Like so they, they're, really against, they're really for gun control and all the gun violence in America? And this, I didn't realize that. <laughs> like, well, that, that, this is two songs they mention it? Yeah, I, well, I just think um, they'd always seemed like more Christ-like Christians than some others. Like, I, I felt like they were actually good people. So, yeah. Yeah, so I will, you know, looking at the lyrics now, I will say, yes, I do recommend Renegades by Five Iron Frenzy. There you go. Nice. What's the song you have <laughs> What the Fuck for? I love how you're asking, like, you don't already know. <laughs> I do cute. know. I want to talk about it. <sighs> so... I logged into my release radar <laughs> and on Friday, and I saw that Death Cab for Cutie had a song called Waterfalls. And I thought, Ben, you better not have fucking covered Waterfalls by TLC. Oh, but he did. And I looked, and it was on the <laughs> Georgia EP, which I'm guessing has something to do with you know Georgia being so pivotal. Uh, this year in the election and everything like that went around that. Yeah. Like Georgia. And I was like, God damn it. TLC is from Atlanta. It's totally, it's totally waterfalls. And then of course <laughs> it's waterfalls by TLC. I loved it. Lacking all of the don't heart emoji me. <laughs> Lacking all of the, the rhythm and funkiness and soul of the original song. 
being a snooze fest, just like when I saw Dashboard, not Dashboard, I always get them confused though, Def Cab at uh, whatever venue that was, the Masonic. I almost took a nap. It was very boring. Uh, um, we get and, it. You don't uh, like Def Cab. I like Def Cab. And, uh, you know, and then to not even do any anything that references Left Eye's rap at the end, which is an iconic part of the song, like <laughs> at least do like a stupid, you know, in your feelings, white guy spoken word poem version of it or something, you know, just, I just, no, I'm not hey, feeling don't, it. Don't knock Dashboard Confessional either. Dashboard Confessional liked our Instagram post. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> I take the it all legit back. Legit Dashboard. And that's Dashboard, no. not Death Cab. Chris oh, Oh no, I I like Dash. Uh, I like okay, Dashboard. Good. I just I just accidentally say them sometimes when I'm talking about Death Cab. It's funny. I don't do very, it the other way around though. On the very rare chance that Chris is listening to this <laughs> podcast. No, I love Dashboard Confessional. I just no, I'm I I get uh, there are some there. Okay, so I was grandstanding a little bit to be to be funny, but and I do like some Death Cab songs. I I actually do like quite a few Death Cab songs, although I don't do great seeing like more mellow music live. And so when I Tab like always wanted to see them and they finally came to Masonic, I I went and saw them and I I was very bored because I don't know that many songs and it was very mellow. And he does the same like dance the whole time, no matter what the tempo of the song is. And that found that kind of funny, but um, and the Wi-Fi wasn't like I didn't have any signals. So I couldn't even like look at my phone. You know, it was that's the rudest yeah, thing like, ever. Their album Transatlantic Atlanticism. Yeah, can't talk. Transatlanticism. Yes, that album has a huge part of my life, and I'll go into it another day. But this is one of I've, the most emotional listens I've ever listened to or had. I've always felt like the vocalist from the Postal Service sounded a lot like Death Cab. You're joking, right? Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell because your face was very straightforward. I was that like, was, did you not know? Yeah, I was, wasn't selling it. Yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. No, I know. <laughs> you sold it well. That joke Yeah, I like that song. Heights. You know, Josh thought it was a what the fuck. Well, I think the other thing is, you know, for me, I, I love TLC so much that it's, you know, I was predispositioned to not like it. So. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Oh, we have to <laughs> Do you have a what the fuck for this week? I don't, because everything I listened to, I liked. Well, that's good. I guess my what the fuck is finding out that that song is in a T-Mobile commercial. There you go. <laughs> that really messed with my head. Hey, I actually want to do I want to do a retraction from a previous episode. Okay. So on our top 10 albums of the year, I can't remember exactly what I said now, what albums I said, but we're going to take one of those off. And we're gonna replace it with Melanie C's solo album. You can't. I gave that, that. An, I gave that another listen this week. So I was all in my Spice Girl feelings this week after doing our Spice World episode <laughs> last week. And that Melanie C solo album is solid. It's really good. And she says the f word in one of the songs, and I was like, and I don't know why I just said the f word instead of just saying fuck. But it's weird when a yeah. band does that that doesn't ever do that or a musician. I get yeah. that. I was like, like oh, you eight albums in, we're saying the f word. Okay. Jimmy World had an EP and they dropped one F word and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you've never sworn before. Yeah, so we'll take, we'll take, uh, you know, we'll take that Eminem album off there and put Melanie C on there. So um, that was our top 10 uh, each 
uh, political songs. And our obviously the playlist to that will be on Spotify. And I'll um, post it to our Facebook and everything. Yep. And uh, hope you hope you had a good time. And I uh, I hope I'm you glad- feel motively motivated and charged right now for change. Yeah. And Wednesday things are and not going to change overnight, but things are going to start getting better. Remember that it's going to take time and it's going to take work, and to celebrate all the small successes. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to get disillusioned with politics because it works at a snail's pace because of the way our government set up. Um, but, you know, I things are definitely uh, I have faith that things are going to start getting better uh, with this new administration and us having control of uh, the con- of Congress, both houses of Congress. And, you know, one of the things that I, I have seen some people point out, but do you know who is chairman of the budget committee now? Isn't it Bernie? It is. Bernie Sanders. One person that's definitely not afraid to make bold uh, action is is Bernard Sanders. So, (laughs) uh, yeah. So, hope you guys had a good time on this episode. And uh, we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Former Critics. Check them out at formercritics.bandcamp.com.